Let's go to Third John, if you would, please. The final part of our series, Love God's Way. Um, <clears throat> let's see, First, Second, and Third John. So, <clears throat> well over a year with other things going on, of course, but well over a year for these three relatively short, but I, I think we all would concur with this very uh, packed epistles uh, from John that uh, have taken some time to really try to unpack and to try to apply and um, uh, really was our theme, not this year, of course, but last year, Love God's Way. And uh, I, I think that that captures uh, the essence of it, a lot about fellowship and doctrine and um, being true to the word. And I think one thing that we've seen is this, uh, love God's way doesn't go soft on doctrine, but neither is it harsh. So it's that balance between the two. So it doesn't go soft, but it's not harsh and mean spirited. It's, it's love, love God's way. And so that's what we've been looking at. How about we just look at this epistle together? It's uh, in terms of epistles, it's the shortest in the New Testament. So we'll just go ahead and read it here tonight. We're going to really focus on the last few verses, verses 9 uh, through verse number 12 especially. And, um, and so we'll, we'll get into it here once again, do a little bit of review as we do. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth... Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. And we spent quite a bit of time on that. I'd like to hit that again, because I, I think that's such a very important biblical concept, walking in truth. All right, so let's come back to that here in just a few moments. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest face faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and, and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity. So these, the brothers, the strangers, uh, people that he didn't even know, they gave witness of thy charity, it says in verse six, before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake, they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers of the truth, to the truth rather, that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. All right, here's our text, verse nine. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence. Everybody see that? Very important right here. We're actually to the reason why he wrote this epistle. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, so among the church, among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth. I will remember, I will um, recall 
I will bring up is the idea. He's going to deal with it. I might remind you that this is one of the sons of thunder that was writing this. So he still had some thunder in his old age. Now he is the apostle of love, but don't forget he also wanted to call fire down from heaven on people. Just thought I'd remind you of that. Yeah. So when he says, I will come and bring it up, he means business. But not in a selfish way. I, I want to I qualify that here in just a few moments. Okay, so here's what Diotrephes does. Praying against us with malicious words and not content therewith. Not content with making us look bad slandering us with malicious or evil words and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren. And, this is really indictment number three, and forbiddeth them that would. And, here's the fourth problem, casteth them out of the church. Those that would try to be a help. He exercises church discipline on them. Kicks them out. All right, so then verse 11, if you'd notice, please. Again, he's writing to Gaius, and he says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil. Now, this is still in the context. Follow not that which is evil, but that which is what? Good. He that doeth good is of God. Boy, that, that sounds like John right there, doesn't it? He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. That's a serious indictment. Verse 12. Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record. And you know that our record is true. We'll talk about what he's doing there in just a few moments as well. And then really just a couple summary verses. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee, but I trust I shall shortly see thee and will speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Hey, this, these were difficult situations, right? So he says, peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. And, and then he says this. I love how he ends the letter. Greet the friends by name. In other words, you're supposed to know people in your church. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Greet the friends by name. Okay, so here's uh, the title of the message tonight. Follow those who take the back of the line. Follow those who are willing and even glad to take the back of the line, not the front of the line. They're willing to take the back of the line. They have that spirit. Fo I, hope you're, I hope you're catching this right here. It's a, it's a little bit of a twist. Follow those who take the back of the line. You might say, but wait a minute. If I follow those who take the back of the line, that puts me at the back of the line. You got it. You got it. Follow those 
who take the back of the line. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's get into this here tonight. I think there's some important things we need to see, as always. We like to be first, don't we? We like to be first. It started before this, but it definitely showed up in kindergarten. <laughs> first in line in the water fountain, at the water fountain. Pushing kids out of the way to be the first in line. The water fountain, first in line to go to recess, not the first in line to come back from recess. That changes. Uh, first in line at the store, and you get to shopping, and uh, you see that long line, you think, oh my soul, I'm going to be here a while. First in line at the store, now we have, you know, mobile orders and getting ahead, I mean, it's just... It's great. I don't like lines. The tag agency, the DMV, eternity, <laughs> the airport, you know, uh, I, uh, I generally fly American most often. And so they've got zones. Zone four is usually, you know, where I fall. And, and so that, that's all good by me. But, you know, who's, who's in zone three? Who's in zone four? And, and, uh, have mercy on the guy that's like in zone seven and he's like standing there like he's in zone four. What are you doing? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but if you fly southwest, you know, then you get in your zone in your area and you, you got looking at everybody's ticket to see which one, you know, what number you are and can get a little awkward. And anyways, just, yeah, we like to be first. First to get a piece of pie, per, first to be, uh, get the cake or the cinnamon roll. Huh? Unless, unless being not first means that you get the one in the center. That's all good. I, I mean, it, it plays out in different ways, though. I mean, like if, if um, you know, somebody starts catching fish over here. Where do you want to go? It's kind of slipping in on that, right? Because, I mean, that's where they're catching fish. You, you want to be the one. You want to be the one catching fish. Uh, the best bunk at camp. I mean, kids. <laughs> juniors. And teenagers. <laughs> and workers. <laughs> Actually, it might be the workers that are the worst. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> I mean, that, that kid, the whole trip on the bus, I was thinking, man, I'm going to get out the bus and I'm going to run. And he gets that bunk and some worker comes. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> Seniority, Amen. right? Seniority, right? See, best bunk, best. I, I, I got to hurry here. Closest or best parking place. Uh, the appreciation among your peers, the choice office, the promotion at work, the starting position on the team, the, the speaking part and the drama or the play, the singing part, the solo, the, uh, because in your mind you can out-preach, out-sing, out-teach, out-speak, anybody. First, desire to be first. 
Now, I, I want to be careful here tonight because um, I don't think that this passage, uh, which, by the way, I mean, we were talking about Diotrephes, if you hadn't picked up on this just yet, and his desire to be first. He loves preeminence. That's what it says. He loves preeminence. We'll get to that word in just a moment, but um, obviously it has the idea first place, wanting to be first. Look, um, I mean, Paul talked about those that strive for mastery and the discipline that they have. So I don't think God's against us being competitive. So if you're playing spoons, I think you ought to play to win. I think that's all right. You know, strive for first. I mean, don't bring out like the claws. Get clawed and or you're playing whatever Uno or. I don't think it means that we're supposed to just like let Whittier Lane or Lighthouse beat us in one pitch. Oh no. <laughs> so, but the context here is not competitive sports, although there is application to that. It's, it's not, you know, a competitive game, though certainly there'd be application to that. It's the local church. I just read this morning, maybe like many of you, uh, 1 Corinthians 1 through 4, and, and my soul, I mean, it played out there, didn't it? I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, and there was what was going on in the Corinthian culture, really, because they were all about wisdom and, and uh, oration and speaking and, and uh, impressing people with their ability to, to stand there and to speak and hold the attention. And that idea and that way of life kind of filtered into the church, and thus there was, man, a competition going on. Who's the best preacher? Who's the best orator? And, but I, I believe you'll agree with this, and I, I, I know that you do, that there's no place for selfish ambition in God's work. I think it's so appropriate. And Brother Aaron, I'm so glad that you, you led us to sing tonight about the cross but even, isn't it ironic that, I mean, here's John, the apostle, dealing with this, but he was also among those. That early church, first church, that while they were on their way to the old rugged cross, were having a dispute amongst themselves as to who was the greatest disciple. So John knows what he's writing about. He knows that spirit. I mean, he even got their mom involved. Talk to Jesus, see if he can get us two seats up front. Like really up front, like one on the right, one on the, one on the left, one on the right. right? I mean, and, and, and then I wonder, I wonder his brothers, I wonder if they fought over who's going to get the right. Probably. So John knows what he's talking about when he's dealing with this. And, and it's really a spirit. It's really an attitude. It's, it's, really a, um, it's really something that as a church family that we ought to avoid. It ought not to come into our midst. And, and I pray that all of this would just be very much precautionary. In fact, I, 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 had, to, I had to really just reflect on it and also, in fact, just thank God. Because I, I don't, Lord help me if I'm overlooking, if, if I'm diatrophies, then, then I'm missing it. But I don't think we've got a spirit of diatrophies that characterizes our church family. 
I don't know of a power struggle that's going on. I don't know of a fam one family that's against another family or, or I don't know anybody that's playing the seniority card other than camp and that's just all fair. But anyways, I, I don't know of anything that's serious that's going on. And, and thank God, thanks be to God that, that Southwest Baptist Church, to my understanding, we've had struggles like that along the way. That would, be, that would just be mindless to, to not to uh, acknowledge that, that there hasn't been those type of struggles and that there wouldn't be those kind of struggles. There will be, as long as we're people that struggle with the flesh, we're gonna have a measure of that. But I do wanna just pause and thank God that our church has not been characterized by conflict and strife and, and disunity and, and, uh, and pastors that, that are like dick Dictators. I mean, most of you and most of us, I have to say, I've been fortunate in the church life that I've had, that, that I've been blessed to have pastors that have been servant leaders that have wanted to, no, they weren't soft on sin. They weren't wishy-washy when it comes to things. No, they took a bold stand, but, but they, they weren't, um, they weren't harsh and mean-spirited. Uh, they were firm. And I, I can, I, I'm, I've got an instance in my mind right now when I got rebuked by my home pastor and his, I could always tell when Brother Carson's jaw would set, I thought, oh my soul, I crossed the line and I needed that rebuke. I'm not gonna tell you what it was about. It was embarrassing to me, but anyways, I needed that. But, but listen, I, I haven't been a part of that. I mean, I'd say probably if you've been around here at Southwest, many of you from different churches and now a member here, you've been maybe blessed to have servant leaders that have, that have instead of, um, using the ministry to serve themselves. They've tried to minister. And, and so it's not like you've been under the thumb of an oppressive uh, dictatorial type leader. Um, and if that's the case, then you ought to thank God because you really have been blessed because there's some that have maybe come here and they've had that background. They've had that experience they, where everything was scrutinized. And, and if, you didn't, if you didn't just toe the line on everything in a certain way, then you got ostracized or shunned or blackballed. Are, are you following what I'm saying? I mean, there can be a mean-spiritedness that can come across in, in independent fundamental Baptist churches and, and people get hurt by that. And that's 3 that's John. That's what's going on. And so we I think we really need to try to understand what's taking place here. And it's, it's obvious from the very beginning that Diotrephes loves to have the preeminence. It's interesting that that word, uh, that he loves to have the preeminence. I mean, it's a phrase in our English vocabulary. It's, it's one word in, in, in Greek and it's, and it's made up of, of two, it made up of two words, I'm sorry, that are joined together as a compound. And so one of them you'd recognize like Phila, which like Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. So to love, so love, Phila. And then the second word would be the English word from which we get prototype. So like first. So basically it says this, Diotrephes loves to have first place. Which means he doesn't want anybody else to get his place. He wants to be in control. He, he wants everything to be run by him. And we don't know a lot about this man. In fact, all we know about him is just what third John tells us, what John tells us here in this uh, third epistle. And, and, but it means here to be first in rank, to be first in position, to desire to be first, to, to desire to order others, to tell others what to do. Now, let me, let me say this here. I'm trying to qualify everything and, and not take too much of our time, but, but these things need to be said that there's gotta be order in a church. There's got to be leadership. There, there's got to be structure within the church. There's got to be a pastor. And, and um, 
I don't believe in a, I believe in a church staff. I don't, I don't believe in a plurality of, of elders where there's like a, a collective head where there's multiple pastors. I, I believe in pastoral leadership. And I'm not saying that because I'm the pastor. I'm just saying that because that's, that's the Bible. But, but I, I, love, I love to quote Brother Jeff Abel's right here. Anything with two heads is a monster. That's well said. It's, anything with two heads is a monster. So there's, there's got to be leadership. There's got to be direction given. There's got to be order. I, I mean, God is a God of order. Even within the Godhead, there is order. And, and male and female created he, them. There's, there's equality there. And yet there's order that is there. I, listen, we can't function without that. So that's not what we're talking about tonight. But what we are talking about would be this. That spirit that says, I want to have things my way. That spirit that says, listen, uh, it doesn't matter if it is the Apostle John. He's on my turf. That territorial mindset. So, uh, but it's really that desire to strive after first place, to have control, which right up front, right up front is in a major way a problem given Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 18. Because the Bible says there under Paul's pen and, and led by the Holy Spirit of God that Jesus, he is, the, he is the head of the body. And that's not a universal body because the Bible doesn't teach that. It's local churches. It can only be local churches. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, talking about Jesus, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things, listen to this, that all, in all things, uh, church here tonight, that in all things, he, Jesus, might have the preeminence. That he might be first in rank. That he might be, that he might have the place of honor and, and prestige and amongst us. In fact, it's the same word from which we get prototype. Same word that where you have, okay, hang on. Is, is, is this making sense so far? You've got this word where he loves to have the preeminence. And that particular word is only used one time and it's right here. The word in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, that he might have the preeminence. That word is only used one time and it's there in Colossians. But it's the, it's the second half of that compound word. Everybody get that? So Diotrephes loves to have first place. But Paul said only Jesus should get first place. Plus, Philippians chapter 2 talks about how that in honor, we ought to be preferring one another and putting others first rather than ourselves. So what is this all about? First, well, First John, we don't have time to go into that, but Second John and Third John, well, well, what's going on here is that there are these traveling missionaries, these traveling preachers, these evangelists, missionaries, etc., and they're going around preaching, preaching the gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But there's also those that First John really dealt with that left the church and never were really saved, Paul, John said, and he said they went out. So listen, Second John type thinking, you need to beware. 
I know it is your culture. I know it is Christianity to be hospitable. But if somebody comes to you and they're preaching that Jesus wasn't really in the flesh or he wasn't really God, then don't let them stay in your home. He's, he's not talking about like when the cults come by and, and we don't have a conversation with them. That's not the intent. The intent is this. Don't let them stay in your home two and three nights and feed them because when you do your part of their wicked deeds. So 2 John calls for separation. 3 John, 3 John calls for support. Because there are those that are going in his name and they need churches to help support them. So John writes and says, Gaius, you've done great. The church is here. The church here tells me. So John was in a church that the, the evangelists came back or the church planters came back. The, the gospel preachers, let me just say it that way. We, are we all right? The gospel preachers came back and said, man, I'll tell you what, we were in the home of Gaius or we were in that church and they were so kind to us and they took care of us. They fed us meals and they sent us on our way and we were just encouraged. In fact, I'll use some of the words that maybe our missionaries use after the missions conference. We were refreshed. That's Gaius. That's the kind of ministry what I have. And, and Gaius had that kind of ministry. I'll tell you why. Because he walked in the truth. It wasn't just, listen now, it wasn't just that he assented to the truth, but he applied the truth to his life. Step by step by step, he lived it out because it's not enough to say the right things and believe the right things. They've got to be applied to your life. And if you will walk in the truth, then you will help others that are in their journey. That's what we covered last time. That those who walk in the truth, they help those who also are walking in the truth on their journey. So your walk with God helps missionaries. And your work walk with God helps church planners. And ch I'm talking to you, Southwest Baptist Church. Your walk with God helps little kids come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Your walk with God pays for buses to go out. Your walk with God pays and helps a Bible college to train others and support them. Hey, you're a help to a bunch of people because you've got to walk with God. Amen. The implication of that is simply this. We need to continue walking with God because there's more people that need help in their journey. So then John says, I wrote to the church. Okay, so he's in one church. He writes to another church. And this would be the church in which Diotrephes is a member, maybe even the pastor, maybe a leader of some sort. But it's not the same church, I don't believe, as Gaius because he says to Diotrephes, I wrote to the church and Diotrephes who loves to have the preeminence among them. If it was among the church where Gaius was a member, he would have said he loves to have the preeminence among you. Does that make sense? So this evidently was another church in Asia Minor area that, that Gaius knew about that church and he knew about, probably knew about Diotrephes, just like we know about other churches in our area and care about what's going on for the good of the gospel that are indeed his churches. And we ought to support that and thank God for that. I just had a little interaction with Brother Eric Johnson down at Cornerstone Baptist Church and, and more. I thank God for what's going on there. I thank God for what's going on in every Bible preacher church in Oklahoma City because we're not the only church that's needed in Oklahoma City. There needs to be more churches in Oklahoma City. He said, no, I think we got this. No, 
Friend, there's a lot of room, even for church planting right here in Oklahoma City. And so anyways, I, that's actually right in line with the text. I'm not on a rabbit trail. But if we were, we were going to kill this one. All right, we're tracking him down. All right, so John is saying, listen, I rode to the church. I rode to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence, which by the way, let, let, me, let me deal with this as well, and then we'll, we'll get into the message. Ambition in itself is not wrong unless ambition is for yourself, but ambition that is for the glory of God and for the gospel, that can be supported. That can be encouraged. I love the book by J. Oswald uh, Sanders that, that uh, Oswald, J., you know, J. Oswald Sanders, and as he wrote about spiritual leadership, and he said the word ambition means a campaign for promotion. So that can be problematic, right? If you're like campaigning to be number one. But how many of you got the sense over here that Brother Kevin and Brother, Brother Jonathan a moment ago were trying to compete to see who was the better pianist? How many of you think that Kevin, Brother Kevin was? How many of you think Brother Jonathan? No, 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 don't, don't raise your hand. <laughs> I'm just messing around. No, that's not what they're doing. They, they were trying to minister to us, okay? Now, I want to come back to that thought in, ju in just a moment, but, but ambition in itself, if it's selfish ambition like Diotrephes said, that can and is wrong. And, and I like what man, one man said. I don't know, I didn't get the, the author of this, but, but the individual said this, if it is God's wind that lifts you and you're soaring on wings that he has given you, then fly as high as that will take you. But if you manufacture both the wind and the wings, you're headed for a fall. You get what he's saying? He's saying this, if God has given you the ability and he's given you the opportunity, don't hold back, preach Sing, teach, soul win, do all those things, but for the glory of God. Minister unto others. But if you've come up with your own wings and you've come up with your own wind, that won't fly. So Diotrephes, he gets this letter. Either he got the letter and he ripped it up. Or somebody read the letter and Diotrephes said, hey, I make a motion that we not go with what, what John is saying here. Anybody see a problem with that? John says, I wrote into the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence, receiveth us not. Okay, so in the whole big context of this, maybe you already get this and I don't need to labor on it, but I just want to make sure that everybody's getting this. He's dealing with this specific situation where he is writing letters of recommendation for people like Demetrius, that would come to their church and preach and the church ought to get behind them. And John says, I wrote to the church where Demetrius is, sorry, where Diotrephes is, and he would not receive us. He didn't want our preachers. He didn't want our gospel preachers. Here's what's going on in my mind. What? He said, hang on, wait, wait I, you, you got to get this. He said to John, the apostle, which, which listen, I, I understand um, that apostles shouldn't get a big head. In fact, if they're like John, 
And they're like, Paul, Paul was one of the apostles. And yet here was his attitude. I'm the least of all the apostles. And John had, you know, he had the attitude back there where he said, I'm number one because who's closer to him than I am? Yeah, but Peter said, yeah, but who got out of the boat and walked to where he was? Oh, yeah, yeah. They had that, but they got over that. Because I tell you what will get you over that is the cross and the resurrection and a real relationship with God. And then you don't care who gets the honor and the glory except that Jesus does. You're not concerned about who the preacher was that saw a bunch of people saved. You just want to see people saved and you just want to see people helped and you just want to see people ministered to. And you don't care about the minister, you care about the ministry, see. And so that's where John was. And he's saying, I listen, I wrote to him, but he refused us. But in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my soul, he just said no to the apostle John. And we know that according to Ephesians chapter two and verse number 20, that the prophet, the apostles and the prophets are the foundation of that New Testament transition that was going on from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And they helped pave the way, which by the way, there are no more apostles. And there are no more prophets in the sense that John, that Paul was writing there, those that would help the church with, with under the revelation. Now there, are, there ought to be prophet type preaching that is going on that is saying what God has said, but there's no more new revelation. There's no more apostles on the scene, no matter what the individual says on TV or what she says. She is not an apostle and neither is her husband. But John was. And I'm just thinking, here is this man, Diotrephes, who could have greatly benefited from John, and yet he pushed out somebody that he should have been putting forward. He's pushing out somebody that could have been a great help to him. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that might be pushing out somebody that could be a big help to you. Pushing somebody out, a spiritual influence. Hey, listen, can I just go ahead and say that if you've got a problem with somebody like the apostle John, then you've got the problem. I realize John is not sinless. I realize that indeed. But listen, he is an apostle and he ought to be respected. And yet here's this Diotrephes who says, I don't want him running things around here at this church because this is my church. What? Your church? You better not say that at staff meeting. This is not your church because that's not your Sunday school class and it's not your pew that you're sitting in and it's not your bus and it's not, it's not, it's not your pulpit. It's not my pulpit. No, listen, this church belongs to one, the Lord Jesus Christ. He and he alone paid the most precious price, his own blood to die for this church. Hey, we can't get the mentality. Man, I run things around here. Oh, no, 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 friend. That'll be so wrong. But that's what, what Diotrephes is saying. He's not getting in on my territory. I don't think tonight, church, I don't think tonight that what was going wrong was that Diotrephes was, was in doctrinal error. And I'll tell you why. Because if he was in doctrinal error, I guarantee you, John, the beloved apostle who had just been dealing with truth, he would have flat dealt with that, that false doctrine. Because he did so in 1 John and he did so in 2 John. But right here, evidently, it was not false doctrine that had got Diotrephes off course. It was just simply this. He loved. He loved. He desired. He wanted first place. And this man named John's on my territory. That's it. 
Was it a personality conflict? Was it a social issue? Was it, a, uh, was it an ecclesiastical problem like that he didn't really understand the role of an apostle? Oh no, I don't think it's anything. I don't think it's anything other than what John said it was. He loves to have the preeminence. And I'll tell you what happened right here. Because, because he wanted to be first, he put ministry last. You watch him bumping up the line. No, 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 I'm first at the water fountain today. I'm first picked. I'm in charge. What I say goes. Oh, you don't like it. Oh, you had them in your home. I'm bringing that up before the church and we're getting you out of here. He didn't, he didn't, he did not, he was not hospitable to them and he forbid others who wanted to be. Whoa, hey, whoa unto the spiritual leader who stands in the way of God's people that want to do God's will. That's not right. I think there's a lot of people across America today who would indeed do God's will with all their heart, but they've got pastors and leaders that are leading them in a wrong way or with a wrong attitude. See. Diotrephes, he wanted to have first place, so he told John, hey, we're not having them here. And anybody that tries to have them here, we're kicking them out. Church discipline is not designed for a pastor to maintain his control. That's not what it's about. He's not like, okay, buddy, hey, you know, you know what, a pastor, I'll just pick on pastors here. Will that be fun? Okay, don't say it's fun, but it, is that all right? It's not fun at all. Sorry, wrong word. Okay, look, uh, here's what I'm saying. Anytime a pastor says something like this, hey, buddy, you, you do something like that, you'll find out who I am. Wow. You know when they say something like, buddy, something's up. Buddy, you cross a line right now. Okay, brother. Usually they won't say that to your face. They'll say it online. I guarantee you. Okay, I don't know if I can guarantee, but I'll just go ahead and say at least this. I think if Diotrephes was living today, he'd be online. <laughs> he'd probably have a really small congregation, but he's mean-spirited. Huh? I, th I think he would be. I, th I, I mean, you, you look at the, you think, man, he's like nationally known around Asia Minor, and yet there's a small congregation, which by the way, not a problem with a small congregation, unless your spirit and attitude ran everybody off. That's a problem. Now, if you're standing for the truth and you're doing so lovingly and people leave for a compromising church, then that's another thing. But if you, if you thinned out the ranks and kind of gloat over the fact, man, we just had a backdoor revival. I'm just, I just cleaned house and got everybody out of there that need to be out of there. And there's a few more still to go. Wrong spirit. Wrong spirit. And that's hurt a lot of people. Wrong spirit, whether that's a pastor or a deacon or deacons. Thank God for the deacons here. I thank God, Brother Sam, we haven't had an issue where we had deacon diatrophies or deaconess. We don't have any deaconesses anyways, but a wife of a deacon named Diotrepha. <laughs> Trying to say something like this. I've been around here a lot longer than what you have, bucko. All right, when they say bucko, you know something else is going on here too, right? So buddy or bucko or brother, not brother in a nice way, but a brother in a wrong way. Are you, are you following what I'm saying right here? Malicious words, malicious words. When I looked up that it says that they were prating, they were prating against them. The word prating means they're speaking a bunch of nonsense. Things that don't even add up. 
In other words, they're making up things against John and those with him and to make them look bad. Why do you think they try to make them look bad? Oh, to make themselves look good. That's what's going on. They're prating against him with malicious evil words that hold no no warrant to it. And then, then in addition to that, he's not receiving them. In addition to that, he's forbidding people to do what ought to be, what is God's will. And not even only that, but now he's also kicking people out because they are associated with him and he's not associating with them. So woe be to the people that associate with people that I don't associate with. Is this all making sense to everybody in here? Just because they're a friend of Brother John. That's wrong. Okay, so here's what, here's what Diotrephes did. He put himself first, which naturally put the ministry last, which did this, left God completely out of it. That's the problem. That's it right there. He put himself first and put John, uh, put ministry to these, these church planners out he wasn't ministry. He, no, no, wait a minute. I, I, I think, uh, I think we got to get this too, that he was doing all of this in the name of ministry. As long as it served numero uno, as long as it served himself and his cause. But if it didn't serve himself or his cause, or if they kind of infringed on my territory and I began to lose popularity, We're not having that because I'm Diotrephes and I run things around here. And thus in the guise of ministry, he put himself first, leaving ministry last and left God plumb out of it. Now tell me that doesn't happen today. Sadly, it does. And it can happen between churches. But it can also happen within a church. Right. Or somebody says, um, I'm going to be the most liked teacher here. Now, somebody might not come out and say that, but your actions could. Yeah. Now, again, okay, look, 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 you're getting nervous. And, I, and I'm not trying to make you nervous. I'm just trying to deal with something so we don't have the problem. But if we do have the problem, let's get it right. So then we can do ministry for the sake of ministry and not for the sake of self. Hey, I, I thank God. I thank God in heaven and I that the buses are growing and people are being reached. But let's be aware of the mentality. Now, there's a little friendly. I got to be careful here. There's a ditch on both sides of the road here because uh, I think it's awesome that, that buses have competition between themselves. And that's as friendly as spoons and as competitive as spoons. And, and, and OK, unless it slips into a diatrophies attitude that says, you're on my territory. Well, that's not right. Um, we'll get in trouble with God, I, I do know, if we get territorial. If we say, hey, this is our area. What are they doing running our, their buses over here? Um, there's kids that need to be riding buses. We, we need to put, are you seeing what I'm, what I'm trying to do here? 
Don't say, hey, get out of my way. No, no I, I, neither should we take other people's kids. That's not right. Nor should we try to get other people's members. That's not right. Nor should we try to be the number one church in America. That's not right. The number one Bible college in America. That's not right. The number one group up here singing. That's not right. The best cantata ever. That's not right. No, here's what's right. We need to do this to serve God, not ourselves. And if we put ministry first and ourselves after that, take the back of the line, then God's not out of it. God's right there in the middle of it. And we can preach and sing and, and lead others to Christ and reach people and build classes and build buses. But we're doing it not for our glory, but for his honor and for his glory. Then God can continue to bless because that is a Gaius type approach to ministry rather than a Diotrephes type approach to ministry. Because the Diotrephes approach to ministry gets really insecure and tries to gather people around them that will take up their calls. Calls. And put others down. And say things like, well, I'll tell you what, the only reason that church over there on 54th and Blackwater is getting big because they're going liberal. <laughs> I try to battle liberalness in my mind and heart, don't you? Be known as a progressive church. Hey, listen, you can, you, can, you can have good godly standards and care about people and not be mean-spirited about it. Yeah. That's right. But God, help us and deliver us from having a diatrophies attitude that just goes around zapping people, Amen. kicking them out. That's not right. Amen. This is a helpful passage, isn't it? You know what I like? I like that he just went on to verse 12. You say, you know, I'd like if you did that. <laughs> I'm going to. Demetrius, which has a good name among all people. Now I'm paraphrasing right now because I'm away from my Bible, but, but you get what he's saying. He's got a good name. He's got a good name with us. And he's got a good name with the truth. Amen. Who's Demetrius? A preacher? who maybe was the one that delivered even the letter. Could be. Or could be one of those preachers that's going to be coming soon to the church where Gaius is. Here's what I'm saying. John was encouraging Gaius, don't get, don't get off track because somebody that you know of has been like a diatrophies. Just keep the plow in the ground and when you come to a stump, plow around it. Amen. I'll never forget Brother Larry Baker who said that, you know, every now and then, preacher, we just have to plow around the stumps. That's good. In other words, there's going to be disappointments and there's going to be problems that, that a person may be caused or people cause or, or something like that. But listen, don't let that get you out of serving God. There's still a need for the gospel to go forth and there's still people like Demetrius that will, is worthy of support and you ought to get behind them and don't be discouraged by the diatrophies. Just don't be like them. And just keep serving God. And that's, I love that. I love that, that John said, hey, listen, I, I know that's going on there. But don't worry about that, Demetrius. He's still standing by the stuff. And he's got a good attitude. He's got a good name. Everybody that knows him knows he's a man of character. John cautioned 
Gaius. Because I, oh, I skipped verse 11. Did you see verse 11? In the fury of preaching, I skipped verse 11. And it's, it is the key to the passage. How do I do that, Brother Smith? You ever done that? <laughs> he said, Beloved, follow that which is good. Amen. Don't follow what's evil. Follow what's good. Because what is good is of God and what is not good is not of God. So you got a choice. What style of serving God you're going to have? The one that's putting yourself first or the one that's like Gaius who puts God first and others and he's content to take the back of the line. So that's the reason I called it tonight. Follow those who take the back of the line. Don't cut line. <laughs> right? Don't try to be the one that has a say in everything. I know we're nearly out of time, but I wonder tonight if this principle about how the John warned Gaius about this and cautioned him because Demetrius, by trying to have first place, left the ministry last, and left God out of it. I wonder if that same principle could work in a home in the way that we interact with one another. I wonder if there could be us here who are husbands or dads that are ruling with an iron fist more like a tyrant because me man, you woe man, you get back in line woe man. How about, how about our Savior who took a towel yes. and washed the dirty feet of James and John and all the others? That's the leadership model we're supposed to follow. Amen. Don't be a Diotrephes dad. Be one that follows the model of Jesus. Don't be a Diotrephes mom or wife who is mean-spirited, but seek to serve. I think it works at home. <clears throat> I wonder if you could take this to work tomorrow and apply it there. Well, I run that company. Wait a minute. Whose company is it? Mine. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Where'd you get that? God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See how this changes things? Yes. I wonder if it work on the ball court. Amen. I wonder if it work in the classroom. Amen. I wonder if it work in the White House. Mm. Or in Congress. I wonder if it work... <laughs> I wonder if it worked just about anywhere. Yes, sir. I believe it will. Because it's what our Savior taught us to do. He made, of him, he made himself of no reputation. But took on himself the form of a servant and became obedient, not just to death, but even the death of the cross. We need to learn more at the cross. Father, thank you tonight. There's still a lot in my heart and mind here and <clears throat> things I need to still learn. But Lord, that mentality of adotrophies has permeated society and has continued to this day and can have an impact on the way that we do ministry here. And we feel threatened by the success of others. 
Lord, help us never ever to compromise or begin to go progressive. But God, also please keep us from a harsh spirit. Help us to be the loving church that Southwest has been by being the loving people that you've made us to be. Please, dear God, help us not to use ministry to serve ourselves, whether I'm using it in preaching to serve myself or anybody else that does anything in the work. God, help us deliver us from the diatrophies attitude. Keep us on the right track in loving others your way. In Jesus' name, amen.